0: I used to sit in the preschool in tears.
1: People say to me all the time, you're a parenting expert because you've got six kids. And I'm like, well, you no, know, I know plenty of people with lots of kids and they're not parenting experts at all.
2: It <laughs> doesn't matter which school they go to as long as they're being well-supported at home because I will not be camping out <laughs> to get them into the out-of-area or the fancy private schools. From the news desk to the nursery, Mom! this is The Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. It's time for us,
0: the adults in the house, to talk about the events and stories that we've been watching this week. Today, should Israel Folau be censored for his Instagram comments about homosexuality? How much should we be involved in our kids' friendships? What would be your family fantasy? And when have you seen yourself in your children? Joining me is Mama Mia's Holly Wainwright, author and host of parenting podcast, This Glorious Mess, and Dr. Justin Coulson, parenting expert and author of 10 Things Every Parent Needs to Know, Holly has two children. They are eight and five. And Justin has six girls, ranging from four up to 18. Holly, Justin, welcome. Hello. Hello. It's good to see you. I can see you in person. That's lovely. You can't see us. Everyone's looking lovely and happy on a Friday. Um, First up, though, we're going to be talking about sporting heroes and their freedom of speech.
2: And this is not a simple issue.
0: This is a difficult issue. When you think you're trying to combine religious beliefs Freedom of speech, um, inclusion, respect, and the use of social media. When you try and bring all those things together, that's a very difficult place
2: for this to be. And interestingly, I know that there will be a lot of other sports out there looking to see how this plays out, to see how we work through this particular issue.
0: That was a press conference after another sporting star uh, decided to hog the headlines following an Instagram post by Wallaby superstar Israel Folau. He's a deeply religious man, and he was asked on Instagram, what was God's plan for gay people? To which he replied, hell, unless they repent of their sins and turn to God. So, is everyone getting too worked up? After all, Folau is a devout Christian, and we believe in the freedom of speech even if it's not a protected right in this country? Or should a public figure who's so revered by the nation and importantly for us today, children, be held accountable for such comments, especially when it's expressed on a public platform? Justin, I'd like to go to you first on this. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I think that we're making a big deal about something that perhaps doesn't need to be exploded like this. And I'll explain why. I, I want to spend most of my time in this answer focusing on what what it means to us as parents, rather than the political and sexual identity politics that's that that is involved here. But but first of all, just a general sort of a statement: regardless of your belief, regardless of your religion, condemnation and judgment don't. Typically serve anyone well. So when you tell somebody that they're going to go to hell, you should expect that they'll retaliate in an (laughs) unkind way. You know, it's just not a nice thing to say to someone, even if you believe it. Um, I also think it's worth mentioning that we do live in a pluralistic society. We live in a place where we celebrate and fight for one another's rights to believe differently to ours. And that's what makes our society brilliant. There's been a lot of talk in the media. And this is the last thing I'll say about the whole identity politics thing about, uh, you know, people are living in these silos, Facebook and Instagram and all of, all of our other um, social media platforms are making it more and more easy for us to only hear our viewpoint and to be triggered and threatened by those that have different viewpoints to our own. Everybody knows that mainstream Christianity for centuries has believed that homosexuality is a grave sin and repentance is the only way out of it. Otherwise, you're going to hell. That's a that's a fundamental Christian tenet, has been for millennia. Uh, It's probably also quickly worth noting that until 10, 15 years ago, I'm being loose with the dates. I don't know the exact date, but until 10 or 15 years ago, the majority of Australian citizens were actually against gay marriage. Okay, this is a fairly, in a decade. Things have spun in a very, very dramatic fashion. So I'm inclined to say, let's just let Israel out believe what he believes. Let me believe what I believe. Let you believe what you believe. And if somebody expresses something that we're uncomfortable with, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So long as he's not inciting people to violence, which he didn't, so long as he's not uh, promoting hate speech, which... I don't think that he is, and nobody's really arguing from what I've seen that he is. He's voiced an opinion based in religious principle. Let him have that. Now, from a parenting point of view, this is where I'm most interested in it. Okay, so that's the general opinion. But from a parenting point of view, this raises a great opportunity for us to have some wonderful conversations with our children. And I think we should talk about three things based on Izzy's comments. Thing number one We should talk about freedom of speech. Is it okay to believe stuff that other people don't believe? Is it okay to be in a minority? Is it okay to think, if this is right, I've got to speak up about it? I mean, we teach our kids that they need to have a voice. And that applies to both sides of the political spectrum. Whether you're a conservative or a liberal, we want our kids to have the courage to say, I believe this. And I believe it strongly. So I think that what Israel Folau has done has role-modeled something that most of us want our kids to have. It's just that many people in our society would say, oh, yeah, but I don't want them to believe that. Well, that's fine. But he's standing up for what he believes in. And I think he should be applauded for at least doing that. I'm not sure that social media is the best place to do this. And that's my second point. We need to help our kids to understand that we've got to watch our words. And if there are things that we might say that are lacking in compassion, that are inflammatory Social media is not the place to have those arguments. I think that whoever asked the question was baiting him. Mm, I I I wondered that. This question doesn't come out of the blue, and Izzy didn't set it up and say, oh, could somebody please ask me this question Mm. so I can go on an anti-homosexual rant. This is somebody who knows what he believes deeply and knows that he's outspoken and he'll say what he thinks, and now we get to have these conversations. So we need to teach our kids, number one, freedom of speech matters. Number two, we've got to watch our words, particularly with social media. But number three... I think we need to teach our kids to tolerate others who have got different beliefs and to be accepting of that so long as they're not inciting others to harm or to hurt or to violence or to, you know, making any threats. Holly,
2: what's your take on it? I think, well, I agree full-heartedly with Justin that Instagram is not the place for serious religious <laughs> debate.
1: So well, I would, serious at all It's a picture there of, a, for a, of a pussycat? A
2: cat, exactly. <laughs> but I also think that this is another in a long list of examples of why sportsmen are not role models for our children like oh, i they are. no they, they're No, they wa- they're not they they're want not
1: to they're be not not whether we want them to be or not they are our kids look to them and they idolize them that's but, the whole point of this but they're showing
2: us over and over again lately i hate to tell play. you Yeah, they do have feet of clay, but I think that that is the conversation that we need to be having with our children. I think we need to be saying...
1: I I know I'm interrupting you after you listen so well, but I've got to point this out. There are going to be a thousand million bajillion uh, conservative people in this country who are saying, no, he hasn't got feet of clay. He's saying exactly what he believes, and he should be applauded for that. So... Of course,
2: but I just, I really think, because the thing is, is that once we always start put, putting into this footballer did this thing and this cricket player did this thing, we've just seen it in the most stark illustration ever in the last few weeks with the ball tampering scandal and all of the fallout from that and all of our pearl clutching about what does this teach our children and all of our, you know, the, uh, I think it's very valid, Justin, that this is exactly the time to have a conversation with our kids about free speech and also to be able to say, well, our family believes very differently to that. I don't think there's anything wrong with provoking that debate. But I think that as a culture, Australia, we need to start thinking we're not looking to sportsmen to teach us how to live our lives, what to think about things, how to treat women, how to play fair. Sportsmen are not the place to go.
1: But that's, that, that's the other conversation. I didn't think of that. And that, that would be the fourth thing that I would add to my list. It's such a good Good
0: oh, look, I'm, I'm glad we all came around to having an agreement there. Well, um, you are listening to the Parent Panel on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Our two guests today are Mama Mia's Holly Wainwright. She's an author and host of the parenting podcast, This Glorious Mess. And Dr. Justin Coulson is a parenting expert and author of 10 Things Every Parent Needs to Know. Coming up, how involved should we be in our children's friendships? Hello. Just a quick note before we get on to the next topic. Are you a working mum trying to work out how other women manage it all. The Mother Shift is a brand new podcast series revealing what's really going on behind closed doors when we're busy juggling work and family life, not to mention taking care of ourselves. Hosted by journalist, mum and guest on the parent panel, Jacinta Tynan, The Mother Shift couples expert advice with relatable and unfiltered stories to try and help you figure out that puzzle of modern motherhood. After this episode, make sure you go and check out the Mother Shift. There's even an episode where I dive into my own personal story. Woohoo! Okay, now let's get back to the parent panel.
1: You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. When you're...
0: This week, News Limited online dragged out a story I thought was old news, and that is banning besties. The first time we heard about this was um, at the Prince George's School, we all know little Prince George, Um, they were banning best friends and according to News Limited journalist Karen Brooks, this philosophy is gaining some traction in Australia. However likely or unlikely this story might be, it did make me think about friendships and children because I have someone who's very close to me who I admire a lot as a parent. I often look to her to see how she does things. And she basically wants to be around as, as much as she can at her kids' play dates and school time before and after so that she can see how her kids are playing with others. So she's trying to make them.
1: Sorry,
0: that was that helicopter coming in. right there. <laughs> That was the right noise there, Justin. I wasn't sure what you were doing, but now I know, now I see what you mean. Anyway, the thing that I admire about that is just that she wants to teach her children how to behave nicely. and But then at the same time, I hear the argument, again, that people hover too much around their children and that we should let our kids work it out for themselves. Um, so I'm a bit conflicted about which way to approach that. And particularly, I mean, I'm not saying we should ban best friends. I think they're a great thing. But it does... For me, it asks the question, how involved do we need to be? We start up when they're a little, organising play dates, and we have some control over
2: who they're friends with. What about their behaviour? Holly, what do you think about this? Well, I can't wait for Justin's more expert answer on this one. But I want to say it's it's really interesting. Right now I have my best friend, and I know that's a funny term to use when you are as grown up as I am. I am in my 40s. My best friend is visiting me at the moment from England. We became best friends when we were 11 because both of our parents banned us from going to a particular sleepover party. <laughs> And so we were instead forced to have a sleepover together and that was the thing that bonded us. So I guess our parents did actually kind of manipulate that relationship even though back then helicopter parenting wasn't even a term. I think it's really sad to um discourage best friends because I think that uh, the idea of of kids getting along with everybody and not feeling that anyone's particularly special might work for some children but there are a lot of children for whom that would not be right. But I generally... I lean towards let them work it out for themselves, but I know that in my own personal life, if I see a child who I really don't like the way they're treating my daughter, it takes an enormous amount of willpower to stay out of it. What do you think, Justin? Justin?
1: Well, I, I just want to know why you weren't invited to this sleepover <laughs> What was it about that family, about that girl? Now we're
0: <laughs> on a couch and Justin's uh, yeah. giving you therapy.
1: I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. Was there uh, inappropriate uh, materials in the home? I or do they have a big think, brother that you were scared of?
2: I think my parents and uh, Lindsay's parents just decided that this was perhaps a sleepover that they didn't know enough about and that it sounded like it might be getting a little bit... Or in inappropriate, perhaps for our age at that time, and they're probably right to be honest, because the sleepovers I went to in those days we did used to get up to some mischief um so I can't <laughs> recall exactly the details, but I think it was that yeah. how
1: old were you seventeen we
2: were
0: <laughs> we were eleven <laughs> so what yeah. it, my my question though to deviate a little bit from the best friend's um conversation, mm. Justin is um you know it's all right to talk in theory in practice, it can be very tough, like I have witnessed. Not bullying, it's not bullying, I don't think, that's happening, but some nasty little girls being mean to, if that's someone being mean to your daughter, and trying to help your child understand what is a good friendship and what is a bad friendship, a toxic
2: friendship. Don't you also think, and again, Justin is the expert here, but... that. Quite possibly, your child might be doing that too sometimes, and no, we're very no, blinded,
0: and never. we're so blinded
2: to that. Like no. we would never think that. So it's always our children are perfect, and we're trying to protect them from the mean children. And I can't help but think that possibly that's not the case. No, no, I don't. I just, sorry, I was
0: going to say I don't. I don't feel like I'm protecting my child and saying that you don't do the wrong thing. I think the, the question for me, Justin, I suppose, is our role as parents to teach our kids about good friendships, and how do you do that without being
1: too involved? Mm. The very best parents in the world know when to step in and know when to step out.
0: How okay, you, so how do you be the very best? <laughs> that's all <laughs> I've got.
1: That's, that's my wisdom. How do oh, we do Justin. that? How do we do that?
2: <laughs> well,
1: you, you know, it wouldn't be great if we could say, look, we should be involved to 6.25 out of 10, and then we, mm. that's it. But we, we can't do that. We don't have a way of measuring it. Uh, this is... This is the approach that I encourage when I talk to parents about friendship stuff and school and, you know, all the dramas. Uh, step number one, just really make sure that you're connected with your kids so that you understand what's going on in their world. Uh, listen to them. If they're having a hard time, empathize. Say, that sounds like you felt really frustrated. You felt really isolated. You felt really – give the label emotion. If you've got it wrong, they'll tell you you've got it wrong. But show them that you're doing your best to understand and get them to communicate that with you. Once you've done that, you might want to sort of say, well, uh, can you think of, uh, you know, and this is not victim blaming, but (laughs) can you think of anything that you might have done that makes them not like you? Because if we're in a relationship where someone doesn't like us, usually they're going to have a pretty good reason for why they don't like us, even if we can't see it. And, and we kind of rely on one another to not like each other so that we can go on not liking each other. D- does that make sense? Yes, yes. I, I can only not like Siobhan because she didn't like me in the first place. And as soon as Siobhan starts being nice to me, now I I think I'm a good person. And if Siobhan's being nice to me, I can't keep on not Am liking her. Am I nice to
0: not... you, Justin?
1: You're okay <laughs> for now. I think I'm going to get my mum involved if it keeps going the way it has been. Uh, so, so we've got this situation where, as parents, we want to listen to what our kids are going through. And then gently invite some introspection. Is there anything that I've been doing that could make it worse? Or is there anything I could do to make it better? And then I guess to to empower them. Say, well, you know, what do you think is the best thing to do? What would you see as the best outcome? How do you want this to go? I and mean, sometimes it's, I didn't get invited to the birthday party and I'm crying. I don't actually like anyone there anyway. You know, they invited all these girls from the, these other groups and I'm not in any of those groups. I'm just feeling left out. Okay, let's have a cuddle. Let's go and, I don't know, have get some ice cream
0: ice cream the go-to yep. go-to for parents you're listening to the Parent Panel on Kindling Conversation I'm Siobhan Hunt my guest today are Mama Mia's Holly Wainwright she's an author and host of the parenting podcast This Glorious Meth and Dr. Justin Coulson parenting expert and author of many books the latest is 10 Things Every Parent Needs to Know Holly has two children they're aged 8 and 5 and Justin has six girls ranging from 4 up to 18 in just a moment what is your your fantasy for family life. Every man has
1: a place in his there's a space, and the world can't erase this fantasy. Take a
0: ride. Any excuse sky, to play Earthwind and Boyle? It is Friday after all. Uh, I recently visited a friend of mine, Becky, um, who made the tree change to this beautiful sleepy little coastal village about two hours south of Sydney. And I've often thought of running away to the country. It's this little fantasy of mine where my children can run unhindered through the fields and I don't have to scream at them every two seconds to watch out for a driveway. I often think about it when I'm stuck in traffic on a Monday morning. Uh, but of course, a family fantasy doesn't have to be a tree or sea change. It might be owning a camper van and travelling around Australia, might be living without technology.
1: Try doing that with six kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, that's not you. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs>
1: you need a
2: very big bus. <laughs>
0: so, I'll start with you, Holly. Do you have a fantasy for your family?
2: Well, it's not desperately original because it is the camper van. Like, I would love to, at some point, take the kids out of school for a year and to do the Round Australia trip. I would love to do that. I have a very good friend whose parents did that to her when she <laughs> did it to her. <laughs>
1: to her. They inflicted <laughs> yep, it upon yeah.
2: Well, I think at the time that's how she felt about it because she was um, an adolescent, not a, not a primary school kid like mine. And they said, we're doing it. And she was like, no, but of course they had an absolute ball and they basically did um, distance learning for that time. And I just think that would be incredible because Australia, I mean, I just can't imagine a better experience and a life experience than to be travelling around our beautiful outback and to meet all the different people. I think that would be great. But then then again, the uptight middle-class city parent in me thinks that would be terrible to take them out of school and take them away from their friends and they'll probably never succeed and get their HSC. (laughs) And then I get all anxious and I pull back from my dream.
1: Just breathe. Yeah, let's
0: get her to breathe. Justin, you and I, we can make her do this, can't we? I, I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's funny that you asked this question because literally in the last seven to 10 days, Kylie and I had this very conversation. Let's just take the kids around the country. We'll spend six to 12 months and we'll do it. Then the reality of how do we live? Uh, you know, how do we earn an income? I, I, I'm <laughs> yes. self-employed. I don't have long service leave. I don't get holiday pay. How are we going to do this? Uh, and so we, we suggested that perhaps doing a state at a time for maybe a month to six weeks at a time could work. Uh, we still haven't made much progress on that thinking. <laughs>
0: but and I you think- still have to work out how you're going to transport your <laughs> six Lester girls. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, camping. We, we just use those uh, single sleeping. What do they call those tents where just one person sleeps? Oh, yeah. The- yeah.
2: I don't know. What I don't it's know. Called, but just I'm not a camper.
1: Each- no, no. no, I'm supposed to be, but I, I don't know. But we just did the the reverse of the sea change, tree change thing. We were in on the south coast of New South Wales. Oh. and and the kids could play outside in the street until the lights came on. And we did go to the beach every afternoon after school. And the kids could ride their bikes on the quiet street. It was just gorgeous. And now we're living in a major city. Um, we're, we're living in Brisbane. We've we've decided that the fantasy can still live, though, even if we don't have the capacity for me to stop working for six months and travel the country and eat up all of our savings. Um, so we do regular getaways. Uh, maybe it's the weekend, maybe it's um, a long weekend or a, a few days, three or four days during the school holidays. We just make sure that we do regular getaways. We do them low cost or no cost. We go, we, we've bought one of those books that tells you all of the local hikes yeah. and all of the local bike rides. And literally that's what we do. We call it Super Saturday. And we make sure that every Saturday we go and do something. We go and explore somewhere. We do uh, that kind of stuff. And And it's really nice to to be involved in that. But the more I think about the question, the more I think that we don't need to go places. We don't even need to do stuff. If you've got no money, if you've got limited resources, or or perhaps you've got some sort of physical impediment that makes it hard for you to do that, or your children have got something that just says, we can't live the fantasy. There's no reason that you can't have joy. It just means that you don't have joy in these places. Uh, I don't know the, these ways that we're describing. We can be creative. We can build strong relationships. We can. Uh, we, we did a we did a night at our home a couple of months ago where we just said, "All right, we're not using electricity for an entire weekend."
2: <laughs> wow, They went
0: Amish. Wow, yeah.
2: we went oh, Amish we, for we, a weekend. See, that's
0: another fantasy. I'd love to be Amish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, You just want the it to for the year off when you turn eighteen, don't you? Oh, yeah, uh, I know. No, I, I don't know what it, I, I don't know what it was, but we just had so much fun. It was like camping, but we were in our mattresses and in our beds. We still got to use the fridge, but other than that, no lights, no TV, no devices, no no electricity. Just, just shadow the
0: puppets. That sounds it was exciting. So much fun. That's and, and, a great and, you idea. Know, oh. you, you can have
1: joy in the simplest of ways.
0: Okay. Well, you're listening to the Parent Panel. We'll be back after this short break with the question: Have you seen yourself? Your mannerisms, your talents in your children. You're listening to Kindly Conversation.
2: Like the wall, paper sticks to the wall. Like the sea shark clings to the sea. Like
0: you'll never get rid of your shadow. Frank, you'll never get rid of me. So both my kids came out looking a lot like my husband. And as they've grown, they tend to take after him a lot. So my daughter, for one, as the eldest, is very athletic, very brave. That is definitely him, not me. Um, I actually can't think of a time when I looked at them and thought, that's my child. I often look at them and go, where did you come from? Um, until this week. So I was unpacking my daughter's bag and I pulled out this merit certificate and it said, and I quote, it was for her amazing description of the elephant when working on informative writing. I know, that sounds quite, maybe that sounds dull, but for me that gave me a little thrill Here I was, you know, maybe she's going to be this writer. She's a chip off the old block. And I'm wondering, have either of you had a moment when you've seen yourself in your child? And was it exciting or terrifying,
2: Holly? Well, my daughter in particular looks exactly like me we are, we, we. it's like a mirror. Sometimes it really freaks me out. <laughs> Sometimes I look at her and I think that she is me. And the, and the, and the challenge there that I need to unpick is the realising that she is not, that she is her own person and that she is not me because it's quite freaky. But I do worry that, for example, um, like you, Siobhan, uh, in our family, both myself and my partner are writers. So we lean very much towards, more towards naturally towards the arts and creative issues. And my daughter is absolutely Absolutely. and i don 't think i 'm betraying anything here because she 's wonderful in many ways, but she is so terrible at maths that it needs to be seen to be <laughs> believed and I genuinely think that I've probably manifested that in her <laughs> because we 've never like that 's something that we have to work really hard as a family to put value on and put importance on and obviously being able to add up is kind of important in life um so I actually have the opposite problem is I think that I probably Make to see too much of myself in my kids, and I need to work harder to bring in other elements. Bring it back. Yes. What about you,
0: Justin? You've got six to choose from.
1: I know. Look, <laughs> this is going to sound um, like I don't pay any attention, but, <laughs> but but I really haven't seen a great deal of my kids in of me or or, or Kylie in in our kids, not. I mean, it's probably because I'm not looking for it. I tend to see them as who they are and really celebrate their uniqueness and encourage them to do that. So I I desperately, in my heart of hearts, I want my children to grow up to study psychology. And, <laughs> of course and all you the do. stuff that has made such a difference in my life. None of them are even slightly interested <laughs> in it. it. It pains me. But um, I, I celebrate their uniqueness. The only time that I do see Kylie or... Well well that I don't I don't really see me in them, but from time to time I see Kylie in the kids. Usually when I'm noticing a negative trade and I'm like, Oh, you're just like your mother <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. Is I don't Kylie mean that at listening? All. no not yet. Oh dear. No, no. We we really um I, I'm sure that there's plenty of overlap. And I know that because when I see me, I see my dad. My goodness, I'm my dad, and it mm. drives me crazy. I, I catch myself holding my mouth a certain way. I'm like, oh, stop
2: that now, you look yes. like your Dad.
1: So I'm sure my kids are there. Or I'm, I'm sure I'm there in my kids, and Kylie is too, but um, we're really really encouraging them to just be them.
0: Well, guys, it has been such a pleasure to have you both on the show again today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank
2: you so much for having me.
1: Thanks again. <laughs> no, I'm just, sorry, thanks heaps. It's been, it's been a lot of fun today.
2: You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends. The Parent Panel,
1: new episodes every Friday.